This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for the Clang Valley's biggest conversation. Talk back on the evening edition. Only on BFM 89.9. It's Talk Back. You're with Caroline and Ezra. The number to call is 0377109000. Of course, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. WhatsApp us at this number. It's 018-789-8899. Once again, 018-789-8899. And on this program, we're going to be talking about sexual harassment at the workplace. We're asking you the question, have you ever experienced sexual harassment at the workplace? And the reason is, uh, you know, yesterday we highlighted a story about how the former Magic CEO, Cheryl Yeo, she was sexually assaulted by a prominent Silicon Valley venture capitalist and uh, he was the CEO of 500 Startups, Dave McClure. And this incident took place three years ago and she alleged on her blog that he had forced himself on her after a night of drinks at her apartment after a brainstorming session. Okay, so um, you said that she didn't bring it up earlier because uh, the deal that they were working on was Mm -hmm. at stake. Right, and also because she was not sure if the story would be taken seriously. Now, she's finally come forward because McClure, who has resigned from 500 Startups in the wake of similar allegations by other women, uh, was actually getting supportive messages uh, from some members of the technology community. Uh, And this was after he posted a blog actually titled, I'm a Creep, I'm Sorry. Yeah, so in our our discussion yesterday, Caroline, we touched on the fact that her reasons uh, for not reporting this incident earlier were very, very telling, yeah. right? So we've had conversations with Cheryl before and she's obviously a very capable, intelligent woman. Uh, she has a wealth of experience in this industry, competing among some of the best uh, right around the world. Uh, she received growing and uh, glowing praise uh, for her contribution to Magic and her ultimate uh, resignation from Magic was collectively viewed as a big loss to her staff at the time as well as to uh, industry observers. Yeah, um, and for someone, I guess, as capable as Cheryl to have felt intimidated to the point where, you know, she decided against reporting, it actually speaks volumes, right? You you know, she said the deal was at stake. So she felt I think what a lot of women in her position feel, that you have to put yourself and your safety second uh, in the context of big business negotiations. Or or your work and your future um, viability in that industry, right? Yep. It's it's like you can't afford to let anything uh, jeopardize that deal. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, you know, she said she wasn't sure if her story would be taken seriously and for me, that speaks of society that judges women for coming forward. I mean, it's really proof, right, that we have not succeeded in creating a safe space. Essentially, we failed to protect victims uh, of and, and from se- sexual harassment. And that's the topic we're talking about today, 0377109000. Now, uh, of course, this issue seems like quite a straightforward situation, but in fact, it actually can be quite complex. Uh, so for both the victim um, as well as the perpetrators, believe it or not, uh, depending on the circumstances, consent for some people can be uh, confusing. Yeah. So today on Top Back, we'd like to explore this topic a little bit more. Uh, sexual harassment at the workplace is a very real and uh, continuing problem. Uh, numbers are difficult to come by, but it's something that still affects hundreds, if not thousands of women here in Malaysia, right uh, in your potentially in your own workplace. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, 0377109000. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is something that we spoke of uh, yesterday and it, it, it really is um, quite uh, concerning and alarming that, you know, when, with regards to Cheryl's own uh, experience of this, she 
is a very, very capable uh, and intelligent person in her industry. She's well respected. And the fact that it took her, you know, three years and a whole bunch of other women coming forth with this story, it was then only that she was able to, to share this, you know, horrific incident uh, and the trauma that caused, that was caused uh, to her, to her psyche, right? Yep, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a shame that she had to go through this. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? She isn't alone in this respect. You know, I'm looking at these statistics on violence against women uh, found on the Women's Aid Organization website. And they sort of have numbers, um, you know, from, uh, and these are reported numbers, right? 2000 to 2007, uh, the last one being 2007, where they had 195 reports of sexual harassment, uh, harassment in the workplace. Uh, but the numbers following that are, are unavailable on their website. And, you know, that, that really is proof that, um, you know, reporting is, is rare and just getting those numbers so that we know exactly what we're dealing with is difficult to, to, to do. But not only that, what types of offices and workplaces uh, are prepared and, and are capable of dealing with these types of reports once they do come forth? Um, listeners would like uh, to hear from you and what your stories are and perhaps your own concerns on this topic of sexual harassment at the workplace. And, you know, of course, if you prefer, we can refer to you as Mr. or Miss Anonymous because we know uh, that there's some sensitivity about coming forth on this topic. Yeah. Uh, the number to call is 0377109000. You can text us at 018-789-8899. Of course, tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, you know, the thing about this is if you Google it, I don't know whether you'd be surprised, but I certainly was when I saw this, right? So uh, if you Google, uh, say, sexual harassment in the workplace and and I think more pertinently, if you Google uh, the meaning of consent and um, the understanding that comes with it, it, right. it, it is actually quite surprising uh, when it comes to what people understand from, you know, there, there are these uh, stories online, you know, for example, if um, you had a party in the office, mm-hmm. um, you know, you perhaps had a little bit too much to drink, yeah. uh, as an example, um, you know, and things get a little messy with, with your colleagues and things happen, yeah. it, you know, it is it consensual in that respect? And a lot of people don't know the answer to that. Well, not only that, I mean, um, you know, that type of situation it doesn't just confine itself to the physical space of the office. So mm. if if colleagues uh, and, and a whole bunch of colleagues from entire uh, office uh, leave the premises yeah. and that type of behavior of sexual harassment or intimidation or some sort of physical um, harassment takes place as well, that's a concern. Uh, and, you know, how do you bring that forth? Because you need to create a safe in, uh, space and safe environment once uh, everybody rocks up back to the office on Monday morning. And, and also the thing is you don't know whether it's valid. Is yeah. the thing. You don't know whether you're making a big deal out of something that may not be. Yep. Uh, you're not comfortable to come forward in case people turn around and ask you, you know, oh, what's the big deal? Huh? And that happens. Yeah. And, yeah. and not only that, it's, it's uh, strength in numbers, especially uh, from the many, many case studies and, and, and surveys that have been done on this issue. Folks, we'd love to hear from you about this. We're asking you the question, have you experienced sexual harassment at the workplace tell us your thoughts and once again the number to call is zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand you can tweet us at bfm radio whatsapp us at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and of course our first caller of the day has already come in karen is on the line hi karen, karen. thanks for calling in hello uh, tell us uh, tell us what you think about this uh, particular issue i think it's a lot about education towards the younger generation i feel like a lot of these women don't have to go through all this. They don't have to go through sexual harassment in the workplace, but they do because of the education of from young age that they think that it's okay. And even if you talk to a lot of 
people nowadays, and it, like you were saying in the tweets and the Facebook responses, they are supporting Dave. That, yeah. That's not right at all. Can Can I ask you though, Karen? I mean, why make that distinction with the younger generation? Do you think uh, things were better before? No, things were. Uh, I feel like if by starting with the younger generation, at least, oh, at right. least it wouldn't Education. continue on. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and and it's it's like it's very hard to change the mindset of people. Like even even like people in my office, and if you talk to them, they just don't get it, and they they refuse to change. Mm. And that is a major problem. Are there policies in your workplace, Karen? Um, you know, when it comes to uh, sexual not harassment, that, not, not that I know of. Right, and and I, I'm afraid, you know, that's all too com- common. It's not necessarily surprising that you know he doesn't, you know, his company doesn't have a policy in place. Yeah, uh, Karen, thank you very much for calling in, and you know, that is uh, exactly what we. A hint to that, right? You know, which offices actually have policies in place to deal with these types of issues? Uh, 0377109000 is the number to call if you want to chime in on this issue of sexual harassment at the workplace. We'd love to hear from you. Our next caller is Shah. Hi, Shah. Hey, hi. Hi, hi. tell us, um, I, tell I, us what I, you think. Um, I, I run a company. We have about 40 people, mm-hmm. and um, it's about 60% female. Right. We We had a situation where I think, um, I mean, I've been doing this for a while, so I have managed a number of companies, all different sizes and so on. I will tell you that it's my first time ever that I've actually encountered what we discovered was um, a sexual predator. Wow. Um, This was somebody who, I mean, I really do blame myself in the sense that I think we should have spotted it sooner. Um, There were signs, but what happens is you just assume that people are, are... you know, um, have poor judgment or they're stupid, you know, being, being stupid. How, how do you and, think you could have spotted it uh, sooner, Sean? Well, you know, with 2020 hindsight, you can always spot everything, right? Right. But the, the, the issue was what happened was the, the individual was terminated for non-performance. Mm-hmm. But, but at the point that we were saying, well, you know, maybe we could rescue the person and maybe what we could do is help them along, maybe all these kinds of things. The story started to emerge, and they were—they just completely blindsided us because it wasn't about performance. There was just some other aspect, and I—I I just decided there's no way we are going to give this person a second chance. Not because of the performance, mm-hmm. well, not because of the performance, but because of these other things. Now, the failure I'm saying from the management perspective was that uh, we didn't spot it. Yeah. Um, we didn't. It's not that we didn't encourage people to come forward, but what happened was. That so many people said it couldn't be. Yeah. Mm. So when they said it yeah. couldn't yeah. be, yeah. they didn't share it with anybody else, and they just said it has to be just me. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's not just. But people were uncomfortable. Well, specifically, women were uncomfortable. Yeah? yeah, this was a guy, and the women were uncomfortable because of looks, because of comments. But they were always done in such a way that it could be somebody who has very poor judgment and tells jokes in poor taste. Right? Could be read any any way sort of thing. That's right. So what happens is that you see that over a period of time, every single person, it didn't matter age, uh, uh, ethnicity, uh, marital status, I mean, he just, it just was everybody was affected wow. who was a female. And uh, it, was, it was truly a horror. We, we didn't have a policy because I will tell you that I think we... You know, until it happens, you just don't realize that it could happen. Yeah, you don't prioritize it. It's not at the forefront. When you worry about health, you yeah. worry about all these kind of things. Yeah. And suddenly you, you have an individual who was literally preying on every single woman in the office. 
And um, it was a horror. And now, you know, everybody knows we took it extremely seriously. We spoke to everybody. And the, the, the huge relief, I mean, big sigh from everybody when this person was, was gone. Um, and, you know, the, the point was that we, we got to a point where we said, that person doesn't ever step into this office ever again. You know, not for last paycheck, not for anything. Just, the, you know, security guard does not allow the person onto the premises. And, and we're just not accepting that. Shaq, um, can I ask, you know, just with the environment um, that was apparent in the workplace when these stories started to emerge and perhaps the, the stories didn't emerge fast enough, do you feel now that as a result of uh, this person's dismissal, there's a, a safer environment and, and vibe around the office for these stories to emerge a lot quicker? The person was not dismissed for that reason. It, the, the, those, the, the, the behavior, the, the harassment behavior mm. was just the reason we did not give them a chance with the dismissal for non-performance. Right. Mm. Yeah, so, so that, that is very critical. It's just that when it emerged, you know, when we were started fishing around saying, well, you know, maybe we want to give this person another chance. Coincidentally, totally coincidentally, the stories started to come up, in which case we very quickly... and. And I had to do this, not with me approaching women, because it, it, I couldn't. I had to actually get one of my managers to, to literally go around and say, you know, in a process where you speak to this person, and then another person says, yeah, well, I heard this from this person. And all the stories are different. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, the staff are colluding and yeah, ganging yeah. up against this one person. Mm-hmm. And then as the picture starts to come up, it gets worse, because one by one, you know, you start to hear, well, this with this person, this with this person, this with... And it's just not possible that all of these stories could have been made up. And can I ask but, you, at, at what point did you decide? Because, okay, so you have one person saying it, you have two people saying it. At what point do you decide it's not possible that, uh, you know, he's innocent? Because, you know, those, as you know, right, these are uh, some of the reasons women don't, co- don't come forward. They don't believe that their problems are valid. They don't, don't believe that they have the support that's required. So at what point, what was the tipping point for you? Was it, was it a matter of numbers? Well, the, the thing was, um, I had heard a single, I, I had heard spot comments, but they were one-time comments to, to an individual, and the individual laughed it off and, and, and mentioned it to me. But it was a while ago. So what happens then, you, you start stringing bits together, and then when we aggressively started speaking to, to, to staff, um, the story started to come up. Right. And we're talking about doing this within the space of, of half a day hmm. where, you know, it, you don't need a, you know, a six-month six investigation. As you speak to people, you get very quickly, within minutes, they will just tell you straight up, this was my experience and I'm un- I was uncomfortable. And, you know, they'll tell you they're not prepared to um, do this. Like, for very simple things. You know, if that person's in the pantry, I'm not going in there. Yeah. If that person is walking down the corridor, I turn around and go the other way. I mean, that's wrong, okay? That, that is signaling a huge, mm. huge problem. I'm saying from a management perspective, you can be quite, you know, I, I, I lead the company, so I am not everywhere all the time. But the fact that it never somehow bubbled up, I consider it to be, you know, a failure of the system.
Yeah, thank you very much, um, Shah, for, for calling in and sharing with us your, your perspective. Uh, and certainly, you know, it really sets the tone um, for the rest of the discussion in, the, in this hour uh, because it, it's one of those things where it, it becomes and feels uh, a responsibility of management, right? No, and there but was, it is there was a, a responsibility. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, you can, you can tell uh, from just, you know, from his voice that he's contrite. There's a lot of regret yep. um, in the way that was handled, although he tried very hard to make sure that he sorted the problem uh, immediately after but unfortunately that is not a situation that's unique to Shah's company alone it happens a lot and it happens in many different uh, companies Shah thank you very much for calling in we have to take a quick break but Talk Back continues as we discuss sexual harassment at the workplace it's BFM 89.9 to Talk Back BFM 89.9 it's Caroline and Ezra on Top Bat. The number to call is 0377109000. We're talking about sexual harassment at the workplace. Uh, we're asking you, have you experienced uh, uh, such uh, sexual harassment? And, uh, you know, we, we want to hear uh, your respective stories and experiences. Uh, we'd like to um, hear from you. And if you prefer, due to the sensitive nature of this topic, we can refer to you as Mr. or Miss Anonymous. The number to call is 0377109000. Our next caller is John. Hi, John. Yes, hello, my name is John. Uh, I've got no case to share, but uh, I, I'm just, I just want to give, me, give my opinion that yeah. I, I, I felt very, uh, very bad after hearing about what happened to Cheryl for mm-hmm. Magic. Mm-hmm. And I feel very sad that it took three years for, for the sexual harassment thing to, uh, Come to through. surface yeah. uh, and all that. So in, in all um, uh, intent and purpose, let, let me just try to give my opinion in the sense of keeping things very simple because uh, sexual harassment is a criminal, uh, it's, it's a crime, and we, uh, we are all uh, law-abiding citizens and we have the rule of law that we need to enforce. So just keep it simple as in if there is, uh, there is any form of uh, sexual harassment that you have, you can always go to authorities, uh, uh, to the police. You know, we have police women, we have police Man, police, they can always come in, do a report, and they just do their, their bit. That's, that's the first gold standard, mm. which, is, which is we don't have to like, have a certain elaborate policy in the office. Sexual harassment is, is a crime. Many sexual harassment is sexual harassment. To let the authorities do their job if anybody in the office or if anywhere at all feels that they are being discriminated, uh, we, we have rules under the penal code and all that that can be enforced by the police. That's number one. The second gold standard is. Uh, we are all a human being. Uh, the test is would, would we let the same thing happen to our mother and our sister? Mm-hmm. Use them as, a, as a, an example. Would you let your own uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, female family members go through such a test? You know? So obviously, if you use these two simple, uh, simple uh, measurements, mm-hmm. uh, we don't need three years for this kind of case to be resolved, you know? And, and obviously, we can't let this type of thing come, uh, uh, you know, uh, at, 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 at the expense of we trying to develop, you know, uh, yeah. uh, this country in whatever way, in terms of technology or whatever, you know, in terms of uh, you know, what magic is doing, which is so wonderful. And I, I, got, I was shocked to hear this. Yeah. So at whatever expense, this, uh, to me, let's keep it simple. You know, in, 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 other, uh, in other developed countries, the rule of law is number one. Just let the authorities come do their job, you know, uh, and then 
and then let's just let our own uh, human moral fiber measure what we feel is the same thing happens to our own female family members. We will be able to tolerate uh, yeah. this such uh, this uh, this kind of thing. So, Absolutely. So, Thank you very much, John, for, for calling in. And, um, you know, especially with the second point, you know, if, if you have female family members uh, and you want to try to figure out, um, you know, whether such um, behavior is acceptable or not, um, you know, you need to have, sort of dig it into some sense of empathy and, and, and sure. sort of moral code to say, you know, is that kind of behavior acceptable or not? Yeah, indeed. I mean, that takes it home, isn't it? It's somebody that you know, somebody that you love and somebody that you care for. Um, and, you know, encouraging victims to come forward. Uh, um, a lot of faith, um, I suppose, John has uh, in the rule of law um, and yeah. what the authorities can and cannot do. I mean, if I do, uh, I do feel that though sometimes it's a little bit more complex than that, you know, say you haven't, uh, for example, um, to report um, your superior or yeah. your boss, mm-hmm. You know, what do you do then and how do you do it? Do you then lose your job and then, you know, perhaps you have a family to yeah. support? Yeah. Um, can you afford to do that? Right? And, and let's say if reporting it to uh, your superior or the relevant authorities, whether within the, uh, the context of the office or beyond, um, you know, can they understand and appreciate the uh, the scale of this issue and empathize with your particular situation? Mm-hmm. And that's perhaps why this question about, you know, why it's taken uh, somebody like Cheryl Yeo, somebody so respected and so... Um, you know, talented history. It took her three years to get over the trauma yeah. and some of the courage uh, to come forth. With yeah, that. some indication of just how difficult it can be. Absolutely. And uh, we have another caller uh, who's anonymous uh, coming up. Uh, hi there. Hi. 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 Tell us uh, what, what your story is. Um, so I'm I'm female, and I have been in uncomfortable situations in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But what? And I've never said anything about it. But the thing is, um, that also begs the question, what is considered sexual harassment? Yeah, and and I think that's where the grey area is. Um, Perhaps you could share your experience with us, Ms. Anonymous. Yeah, sure. So, um, there was one time when um, I came to work with a pair of heels, and someone who was my superior uh, commented something about, um, I, I like my girls looking good or, you know, it makes your legs longer right. mm. plumps up the, you know, also, I, I don't know how to take that. That's not really, you can, know, can it's I, like kind of, yeah. I don't can, know. Can I ask you, Ms. Anon, does it make you very uncomfortable? Yes, it did, but because it was said so, you know, lightly and it was just passing comment and yeah, and, and and they were gone. Yeah, and so I think that's normally. I didn't, I didn't even have a chance to react or, yeah. you know, say anything. Yeah, and it's a shame, right? Because I think that's normally how it's couched, and that's where the grey area comes in. You you don't know, um, you know, whether or not, um, you know, it's valid, or you don't feel that it's valid. But what you do know is that you're uncomfortable, right? That's right. Or you know, when someone is from the office is asking you out. Um, you know, like, what are you up to tonight? What about the weekend? Yeah. Like, maybe we could hang out. Maybe we could catch a drink. Yeah. And, you know, you, you ignore it or you, you try to be diplomatic because, after all, you do have to see them. You work in the same office. Right. And you try to say something like, oh, yeah, haha, I'll let you know and never get around to it. But they come back and say, like, weren't you supposed to get back to me about something? Or, you know, like, what about this weekend? And is that, I mean, you know, I don't like it, but... Is that sexual harassment? 
is that valid of bringing up the mm. HR or you know, yeah, and did you find that there was a safe space or somebody that you could confide in on this issue within the workplace somebody who could relate to this issue oh, yeah 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 um people uh, people I work with who are actually closer to me I did confide in them mm-hmm you know, I'm just looking at the Women's Aid Organization website, um, you know, and they talk about forms of sexual harassment on there, you know, so verbal uh, harassment um, is, you know, something that's offensive, suggestive remarks, comments, jokes, if you're jesting, kidding, um, you know, they're also nonverbal, uh, things like leering, ogling at, you know, somebody with suggestive overtones, there's visual harassment, you know, showing, showing somebody pornographic materials, for example, um, you know, psychological, which is something that you mentioned, sort of repeated, unwanted social invitations uh, and of course there's physical harassment uh, more easily identifiable as inappropriate touching, uh, patting, pinching that sort of thing but you know what we do have um, at the end of the program we are going to um, hear from Anima Kosai uh, who is a lawyer and advocate of sexual harassment awareness uh, practices so um, you know, I- I'm sure you'll be able to get more details from that you, you need to stay and listen to the end of the show uh, Thank you very much for calling in and of course you know, I, I can sense how difficult it is sure. to share these types of experiences but it's absolutely crucial that more people come out and, and talk about this because uh, the stigma attached to this issue has been tolerated for far too long. And uh, we're going to be continuing our discussion on sexual harassment at the workplace. The number to call uh, after the 630 News is 0377109000. Of course, we've got a whole bunch of text messages to get through. If you want to send them in, that's 018-789-8899. Also, uh, Twitter at BFM Radio. Talkback continues after this. It's BFM 89.9. You there? Open your mouth and... Talk! It's Talkback Time on BFM 89.9. It's Talkback with Caroline and Ezra. This evening, we're talking about sexual harassment at the workplace. We're asking you if you've experienced um, such sexual harassment. And, um, you know, we've been receiving calls uh, from very, very courageous uh, callers who've been sharing their experiences. And, you know, you know in, in sharing the, their respective stories, uh, if you prefer, you can refer to yourself as uh, anonymous and we'll take in your calls at 03-7710-9000. WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So this tweet in from Gray saying there are a lot of reasons why victims don't report, not to mention the trauma. So we shouldn't simplify sexual harassment. People feel fear of speaking up because their jobs or face is at risk. It's just not that simple. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stigma and a lot of risk involved. Uh, very quickly also, just so you know, we have a poll running on our website, um, on our Twitter webpage, rather, excuse me, uh, at this point. Uh, and we're asking you whether or not you've ever experienced sexual harassment at the workplace at the moment. Uh, we have 48% uh, coming in saying no. 32% have said yes. And we also have 20% who have said unsure. Mm, absolutely. Uh, 03-77109000. Have you experienced sexual harassment at the workplace? Our next caller is anonymous. Uh, do tell us your story. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, um, yeah, I just would like to share on my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, previously, I have one of my managers. So he just, um, yeah, he will actually rubbing your back, pat your head. Yeah, it's really... Sorry, could you just uh, repeat that again? Sorry. What would he do? Yeah, yeah he actually, in the working place, mm-hmm. he will actually come close to you and pat your back. Right. Yeah, rubbing your hand. Right. If 
very uncomfortable. But then um, the thing is that even you make a report to higher management, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to have any effect because they just well verbally warning to the manager. So the manager will be behave for a couple of maybe weeks. And then after that, it will just come back. And again. is this something you have done? As in, you went to report it to higher management, and that's the response they came back. They they came back with. Yeah, they really got um like give a verbal warning to the manager, but it's still happening again. So basically, I was thinking that maybe the effective way will be all the ladies, you should avoid this from happening whenever. No. Yeah. That's horrible though. That, I mean, it's horrible that you feel as though you have to take matters in in your own hands, yeah. you know, find strength in yeah. numbers um, and, and avoid it. It's not as though you, you're even saying, you know, take matters in your own hands, find strength in numbers and do something about it. No, and avoid him because that's what you need to do to protect yourself. It's such a shame. And it, it feels like an absolute failure on the part of management because it is an employer's responsibility to ensure a harassment-free workplace. Mm. Yeah, correct. But then, because we did our part, but then there is no effect. So what we are doing is that we just do our best to avoid. When whenever he come close to us, we have to keep a distance with him. And That's can, the best we can do. And can I ask if you know that environment continued like that? And did you have to continue working in that environment for for much longer? Is that still the uh, the, the the workplace that you you currently reside in? Uh, well, basically, the manager is no longer here, so that is the good news. Good right. news for us, but we don't know what is the reason that he's. Sure. Sure. And you don't know whether or not it'll happen again. Or rather, if you base it on history, if it happens again, you know that your management doesn't have your back. Um, Just very quickly, just very quickly, um, and I said this a little earlier, you know, um, you listening in, um, if you have a a story like this to share with us, we do have coming up on the show a lawyer and advocate of sexual uh, harassment awareness at the workplace, Anima Kosai. You're going to hear from her about, you know, ideal policies, framework, and what victims can do. So stay tuned. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you very much for calling in and, um, you know, just going back to uh, this issue about reporting it to the respective um, authorities or people in management. um, It is very, very common that action is not taken or valid action is not taken. And, you know, that this dismissal of, oh, well, it's it's just a trivial, small matter. Mm. It actually perpetuates and emboldens uh, these types of behaviours. And as we heard from Shah, one of our previous callers, uh, you know, they're, they're, you don't know the types of predators that are uh, in your midst. Uh, 0377109000, we're asking you, have you experienced sexual um, harassment at the workplace? Um, now, of course, uh, Caroline, you mentioned about... Um, uh, trying to figure out, you know, about uh, what sexual harassment is and how much awareness there is on this particular issue. Now, yesterday, uh, we got in touch with uh, Anima Kosai. Now, she's a lawyer and advocate for sexual har- harassment awareness at the workplace. And we asked her about the ideal policies and framework that companies should adhere to and where we stand in that respect. So in terms of the workplace, quite a number of organizations may have a sexual harassment policy, but there are many that don't. So really the first thing is that the company needs to have a policy in place. And in the policy, it explains what is sexual harassment and then 
also there needs to be a mechanism in place. Very often there might be a policy, but a mechanism is not set out. So, for example, you know you can go to HR and you can tell them the problem and then HR itself knows what to do. So they know, okay, step one, they may take the complaint. Step two, they may need to interview various people, ask for maybe there's evidence, maybe there's not. And then what do they do after that? And the very important thing is that there has to be follow-up back to the person who is reporting sexual harassment or he or she doesn't know what's happening, right? This is a big trust factor for the organization and that the policy is being upheld. And then thirdly, there has to be enforcement of such. So if there's the conclusion that, yes, there was sexual harassment, there needs to be some kind of penalty. It could be something as simple as a warning, if it's, you know, an offhand remark, or it could be something much more severe. For example, touching a woman, making her feel uncomfortable would have a higher penalty. So the organization needs to take action so that the perpetrator knows this is not condoned. That was Anima Kosai, a lawyer and advocate uh, of sexual harassment awareness. We're going to hear more from her after this about how you know people should actually deal with these types of issues. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to our next caller. Ramesh is on the line. Hi, Ramesh. Hello, hi. Tell us your story. Um, yeah, I would like to just say anonymous because I'm going to share about my previous company. Sure. Right. Okay, my previous company is actually an MNC. Okay, it's, it's like a really well-established MNC that you guys probably would have heard of. Mm-hmm. And this is a story what happened there. Like one of these manager, I mean, he's a bit more like a senior manager. And he has this issue about, you know, you know, uh, sexually harassing the ladies, right? I mean... There were like few complaints made by the female colleagues to the HR, uh, you know, about how they felt uncomfortable about this manager is, you know, like petting their bag or just accidentally trying to touch their, you know, the bag and etc. So it's not isolated case. Yeah. It, like few cases done mm-hmm. about it, and and I don't think any action taken by the HR. Uh, it was like what uh, was shared by the previous caller, right? It's more yes. like was given and etc and guess what uh the thing which surprised me the most and this guy with this kind of track record was even promoted to the regional office hmm. and when this guy was promoted to the regional office a lot of people i mean were like talking about it and apparently like uh even the hr of of the, the, the malaysian office was also like you know were like surprised like hey how come this guy was like promoted to the to the region with this kind of track record Record, right? right. So for me, it's like really surprising. Like you know, people just take this. I don't know whether just very light or there isn't a proper definition or proper law in place. I, I'm to be honest, I'm not sure. Do you think that there was a disconnect about uh, this person's? Uh, you know, integrity and attitudes uh, on this issue with, um, you know, the relevant persons in management, and that you know people were blindsided perhaps by, um, you know, his office achievements perhaps uh, I would say so probably it's a combination of both probably people were just blind slide up uh, a uh, blind sided and and probably people you know like what he said his achievements at his work or his accomplishments sort of overshadowed like whatever he has done on, on this part and, and 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 he just got away with with just a mere warning right that's it and nothing happened in fact he was the, the shocking thing for me is like he was even promoted and if this thing can happen in MNC uh, I'm not sure you know what's the situation in the normal 
in, in a smaller organization, to be honest. And, and final question, do you think, you know, in this MNC or any other MNC, do you think there that there is a route or a pathway for people to ensure that, you know, this matter needs to be escalated to somebody who can empathize with the issue? Do you think that there's a pathway to that now or has that changed since when this incident took place? I believe there is, like, at least in my previous organization, there is a thing called, you know, like a hotline where you can blow not only about, you know, anything about fraud, mm-hmm. in, inside even matters about, about these kind of things, right? Where, whether, you know, any of your colleagues made you feel uncomfortable in, in any, any man, manner, like for example. And is, and is that being utilized? Do people feel comfortable calling uh, that hotline? A good question. I'm not sure if that was utilized properly, but at least as far as I know, in, in, in the case that I'm sharing, they actually brought it up to, to the HR. I mean, for me, like, I think that was a good step uh, rather than just talking behind the person. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, even after, you know, uh, the complaint was taken to the HR, you can see that nothing much was uh, was, was taken. In fact, the person was promoted. So, pro- probably, you know, if I'm the victim, right, I'll be like, ha, ah, nothing going to happen even if I'm going to contact hotline right because nothing happened when i complained to the hr so yeah well thank you very much for calling in and sharing uh, that experience uh, with us uh, tombat continues uh, after this quick break we're talking about uh, whether you've experienced sexual harassment at the workplace whether you've seen it uh, and you know sort of acknowledged that nothing was uh, meaningfully addressed with regards to that issue tombat continues right after this bfm 89.9 time for the four t's tweet text talk Talk back on BFM 89.9. It's Caroline and Ezra. The number to call for Talk Back is 0377109000. You can WhatsApp us 018789 That's our new number. As well as tweet us at BFM Radio. We're talking about sexual harassment at the workplace. Uh, the phone lines are continuing to ring. And our next caller is Ismail. Hi, Ismail. Hello. Is- Ismail, you're on the air. Unfortunately, uh, Ismail, do try call us back once again. That number is zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. Victor is next on the line. Hi, Victor. Hi, Victor. Hi, Caroline and Extra. Hi. Allow me to tell a story. Please do. <laughs> the time is nineteen eighty seven, which is thirty years ago. Yeah. The place is uh, England, and I was a student working in a supermarket part time. Mm-hmm. So during lunch, this. Uh, it's a group of colleagues. Uh, they are mostly these ladies. First lady tell uh, tell tell the, uh, the the rest of the group that oh so and so is complaining about sexual harassment. So second lady asks, what is she complaining about? Then the first lady say, because she's having not enough of it. So <laughs> now we are we. Now we are in a different country and a different time, but uh, I do not know whether this attitude uh, of doubt against complainant, this uh, skeptical uh, attitude against a complainant is still alive and kicking on. Well, it sounds very much from the callers we're hearing today, from the stories, I mean, just from general uh, feedback, uh, that it is very much alive and well, Victor. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the, the, the so-called sexual harassment is uh, falling short of sexual assault, which you can lodge a police report on, isn't it? Yeah. So, so maybe this is a grey area, so-called grey area. Hmm. So are we doing enough to address this grey area, or is it still grey? 
Yeah, and I think you know that gray area is compounded even further when the workplace doesn't have very very clear guidelines and a clear pathway for complainants to make uh, this issue uh, to to be heard and to be made um, a little bit more aware to the management. Yeah, but the question is, should they be a mechanism, <laughs> or maybe, uh, maybe a lot of people is having this idea uh, a lot, uh, a little bit of flirting wouldn't hurt. Yeah, mm. and, and that's a myth, though. Yeah, that's a myth because it does hurt. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, uh, Victor, for calling in. We're going to move on to our next caller. Taufik is on the line. Hi, Taufik. Hi. Um, okay, so I've worked in some e-commerce company in Malaysia, and. Um, there were no sexual harassment cases there per se. Yep. However, uh, every time me and my department mates, we address certain issues with the HR, mm-hmm. uh, they tend to protect the management. They wouldn't take our complaints seriously. So I reckon the same issue exists even in sexual harassment. Like HR department, uh, they may say that they've taken and noted our claim, our mm-hmm. complaint, yeah. but I don't think they'll actually do anything about it. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, and, and yeah. do you think that's just a result of the structure of how HR sits within the context of um, management, right? Because that it's it's sort of part and parcel of how the the office workplace is structured. That you, the, the the HR is not taking its own independent decisions on these issues. Exactly. I mean, like even the the head of the HR department was appointed by the COO, so they tend to answer to the management. They're more concerned with their their own job. Yeah, well, I, I guess there's that, but there's also a matter of whether or not the law is useful. So, um, you know, it is um, an employer's responsibility to ensure a harassment-free workplace. So the Ministry of Human Affairs actually prepared and issued a code of practice on the prevention okay. and eradication of sexual harassment in the workplace. So it has sort of in-house guidelines, but I think therein lies the problem in that if you're issuing guidelines as opposed to making it the law, um, then, you know, you leave it open to the interpretation of whichever company and then it depends on integrity, right? It does, it does. I, I agree with that. Thank you very much for calling in, uh, Taufik, uh, to talk back. Uh, we're still talking about sexual harassment at the workplace. We received uh, a range of callers, and it's been really, uh, I don't know about you, Karen, it's been really encouraging to just hear uh, a lot of these calls coming forth about their respective uh, stories because, and, and of course, the discouraging element of it is that you hear how even when they have reported these instances of sexual harassment, not enough has been done, and there's been a failure at the level of management to address it meaningfully. Well, absolutely. I mean, and it's, it's absolutely discouraging that they feel, you know, even in this instance that, you know, they have to be anonymous. So, you know, you we're putting out there the fact that this, uh, as much as as much as much uh, you can, right, it is, we're trying to make it a safe space, trying to, um, you know, give you some direction as, as to, um, you know, what you can do and where you can go. In fact, um, we're going to hear from Anima Kosai. That's right. And, yeah. and now, of course, uh, we asked uh, Anima Kosai, she's a lawyer and advocate of sexual harassment awareness, about how one should negotiate the spectrum of problems that come with this issue. Uh, for example, reporting someone that you work with who might be in a position of power. Well, this is what she had to say. Well, the first thing that you say that there's difficulty coming forward, it's so true. A lot of women and men who experience this 
the first reaction is one of shock. They don't know what to do. Then they are worried that they won't be believed because many times there is no evidence. Some perpetrators are very smart. You know, they do it when no one's around. They might touch a woman's thigh or make a remark and nobody's around to hear it. And it keeps repeating. This is the thing about harassment. It's not a one-off and it really wears the person down. So a lot of women in particular, and I think men too, would start doubting themselves. What did I do wrong? Did I say something wrong? Did I lead him on? What is it? So they're hesitant to come forward. And when they're already in a vulnerable state, it takes a lot to come forward. It takes guts. And not only that, you have to be in there for the long run. Because can you imagine coming forward and having to say it to someone you don't really know and then being questioned by whether it's HR or someone else? And many of the people experiencing sexual harassment are already going through anxiety. And another factor that many people don't think about is they actually feel sorry for the guy. They don't want to get him into trouble. They're worried that he might be fired or his family will find out. So they keep quiet. They would rather suffer in silence than report it. We don't have enough statistics in Malaysia. People don't talk about it. But it's far more rampant in the workplace than we would believe. Now, as for uh, the story on Cheryl Yeo, the former CEO of Magic, you know, that was uh, really the kickoff point, um, you know, to this discussion on Talkback because, you know, on a blog recently, she uh, revealed how she was sexually assaulted by a prominent Silicon Valley venture capitalist and it took place three years ago. And, uh, well, this is what Anima had to say about that particular incident. Well, I would say it's down to culture. And I think in this case, it's kind of like the old boys frat type culture that you're seeing in Silicon Valley, but also in other parts of the world. And it does exist in KL too. Um, it may be slightly different from what you see in Silicon Valley. We may not be having, you know, inviting people to sex parties like they did in Uber, but there is a degree of misogyny that is happening in KL. And for as long as people in power feel like, you know, it's okay to crack these jokes, um, you know, women can take it. It's a culture that we create. And uh, many women I know don't feel comfortable. I know people who have left certain industries. I will not name which industries, but they feel that that degree of misogyny is just too strong that they can't take it anymore. But rather than changing the culture, what we're doing is we're driving these women out of those industries. What we're not doing is treating the root cause, which is that we're allowing people to grow up, boys and men in particular, to view a woman certain way. And that just goes through, you know, society and even at the workplace. And I think what's happening, you asked about power. The problem was Dave McClure, of course, was in a, a position of where he could determine were you going to get funding, were you not? And some women are being used by their bosses to approach clients because, you know, they might get more business. And the women are not comfortable with that, but they're also worried about losing their jobs or appearing to be disobedient with the boss, right? So they go along with it. And we really need to look at this. We cannot stay silent anymore. And in many of these organizations, they don't have clear sexual harassment policies. So the women feel, I don't know what to do. And they put up with it. Now, uh, that was Anima Kosai, a lawyer who does a lot of work advocating awareness of safety practices at the workplace. Now, we're going to head towards our final call as we're running out of time on the program. Uh, but we have on the line May, who, as I understand, works in human resources. Hi there. Hi, hi. Good evening. Good evening, May. Will you share your story, please? Yeah, um, 
I was just listening to the radio and uh, there are a lot of callers who say that they report to HR and HR didn't do anything mm-hmm. and HR is always standing on the management side. Yep. Um, I, I want to just clarify, you know, I'm a, I'm a HR practitioner for uh, close to 30 years mm-hmm. and uh, if HR is strong enough and in, you know, if they know what they're doing, they will take action if something that goes beyond. Sure. But again, you know, if you're in an in a organization, the organization needs to define what, where is that, that level. What is the level of sexual harassment or harassment, very virtual or, or visual or, or verbal and all that? So uh, we need to ascertain what is the, the level. So assuming that someone, um, let's say the HR practitioner is actually a, um, is educator or raised from the West. So this person would be more open and more modern. And uh, certain gestures that is not acceptable to certain local uh, female or male, uh, it would be deemed as it's okay, you know, from, from the HR practitioner's uh, point of view. Mm-hmm. So the company or the organization needs to ascertain what is the level. Right, so sure. once you have that level, the HR would be able to take action yeah. or take, uh, you know, appropriate measurements yeah, because to, the, to, to act accordingly. Yeah, because the tone is obviously set from the top and you need to have that power to do that. Um, effective whistleblowing in, you know, is really important in relation to this crime. Now, we've received quite a few uh, messages. Unfortunately, don't really have much time to get through them, but I just wanted to put this out there uh, for you and, and, and to obviously a lot of individuals who have called in today to give you the WAO hotline. It's 0379563488. You can watch WhatsApp 018-988-8058. Um, on the Awam website, website there is a, a number for counselling as well. That's seven eight double seven zero double two four. So check out WAO, check out Awam, uh, check out their websites if uh, you didn't get to jot those numbers down. And uh, thank you for all of your calls, texts and tweets as we discussed uh, sexual harassment at the workplace. And if you wanted to hear uh, this entire program, you can do so by downloading the podcast and you can do so by downloading the BFM app. Uh, which is available on Google Play and Apple's App Store. It's Caroline and Ezra signing out for Top Back on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.